following program is paid programming. The views expressed on the following program are those of its hosts and participants, and nowhere reflect those of the ownership, staff, or advertisers of WNRI. Well, it's one for the money, two for the show. Ready to get ready now, go Slander my name all over the place I'll do anything that you want to do But uh, uh, honey, they all bless you Don't you double my blue place Well, you can do anything They all bless you Okay, well, welcome once again to Dunn's Deal I'm done, I'm doing the deal And uh, I gotta confess I'm not feeling my best, Snap. I'm going to do a good show anyhow. <laughs> Got in a fight with Johnny Walker Red. And after three rounds, he knocked the living daylights out of me. I'm not doing that again. I swear off the stuff. Uh, Leah, Michelle, never again. I'm, I swear off it. I'm not doing it. I promise. <laughs> so, anyhow. We've got a lot of fun stuff to do, and I've got a pile of things to go through, so I should get started here. And you know what my intro is. It's a little long today. Joe Biden is not the president. He is the thief-in-chief. He is the pretender to the throne. He is the cellar-dweller. He is the king of crappers. He is Dementia Don. He is your highness of hair sniffers. He is the boss of bribe taking. He is the founder of Brandon Falls. And he is the leader of the war mongers. So, ah, boy, is there a lot of stuff to go through. Did you hear the news? And this isn't good news. I don't want to sound like I'm happy about it, but... Happens to everyone, you know, we, this mortal life comes to an end sooner or later. And for people in the Senate <laughs> and in our government as a whole, it's probably going to be a lot sooner than it is later. But anyhow, Diane Feinstein has passed on. She's gone away. But don't worry. The Senate has changed the rules so Diane Feinstein can stay in office while dead. That's right. I've got a story here. Uh, it's by uh, Ben Warren. It, uh, there's a quote here. It's wrong to discriminate against the dead, warns Chuck Schumer. Senator Feinstein will continue to serve in office even after shuffling off her mortal coil, thanks to a new power play from the Democratic Party. Just days after Majority Leader Chuck Schumer, Democrat New York, ended the chamber's dress code so that uh, Senator John Fetterman could dress like an insane ogre, the top Democrat decided to, ante, to up the ante while adhering to the party's mantra of inclusivity. It's wrong to discriminate against the dead, Schumer told the reporters in an exclusive interview via Palantri, Palant, Palantiri, the stones from Tolkien's stories. 
with this necromantic decree, I am adding the massive roster of the unliving to our ranks. All the years of using deceased voters allowed us for this smooth transition. Insiders are reporting a furious Senator Rand Paul is already crying foul and dressing like a high fantasy cleric in a last-ditch effort to ward off Feinstein's newfound knowledge of the other side. This is unacceptable, said Paul. This is ostensibly an inclusive new resolution is very clearly a power play to keep President Joe Biden in office forever. Could be. Very well, could be. And anyhow, let me rub my neck. Just a little uncomfortable here. Brings up a couple of questions, like, who's next? Mitch McConnell, maybe? Hmm. Uh, how about John Fetterman himself? He's kind of young, but, you know, that, that stroke, uh, if, he's, if he has another, he's in trouble. And, um, you know, hey, old Uncle Joe himself, you never know. It's a daily watch. How soon before they're wheeling him out in a wheelchair? And why don't they give him a cane? Really? I mean, what what is the shame of using a cane while you walk? It gives you a, a third point of uh, contact with the ground. And God knows <laughs> he needs it. But, no, they're not going to do that. So, you know what I want to talk about tonight? The First Amendment, because it's still under attack from all avenues. It's under attack online. It's under attack from the U.S. government. It's under attack from the U.K. government. It's under attack from the, the, the European Union. And... The current person under attack for it, well, there's a bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> you've got Owen Schroyer about to go to jail in a week for speaking, for <laughs> being at, at January 6th and warning the crowd to stay out of, of the, uh, the Capitol. Yes, that's what he was doing. He, he led chants in order to get the, the crowd's attention. And then he was helping Alex Jones to warn people that they were walking into a trap. Yeah, imagine that. But I don't want to speak about them tonight. I want to talk about Russell Brand. And I've got another uh, First Amendment issue coming up that uh, comes from a different angle. But first, Russell Brand and the allegations against him. Okay, Russell Brand allegations. What is the star accused of? Because he's he was on YouTube. YouTube pulled him down, and he's also on Rumble. Rumble refused to pull him down, even though the UK Parliament is putting pressure on Rumble to take him off their their airwaves. Now, what business the UK government has to do in telling a a service provider, a content provider to take somebody off the air is beyond me. Oh, oh, okay. 
he was working for BBC, and that is governmentally owned, which is a problem. The airwaves should not be governmentally owned, but UK is a different different brand over there. <clears throat> different brand, yep. Anyhow, what is the story with Russell Brand? Um, see, he's, he's been alleged of sexual abuse. Okay, so he's facing accusations of rape. Sexual assaults and emotional abuse over a seven-year period. The actor and comedian is also said to have behaved inappropriately at work during the height of his fame, including undressing, making sexual remarks, and acting aggressively. Oh, my God. Can you believe it? Russell Brand was doing all this stuff. Uh, He says all his relationships were consensual. That's This is under the category of rape, sexual assault, and emotional abuse. Uh, four women are alleging sexual assaults between 2006 and 2013. So the most recent of these accusations are 10 years old. I do believe that there should be statutes of limitations on these. Uh, you know, if you're going to make an accusation, if you're going to accuse somebody of of uh, sexual abuse, you should do it in a timely manner, like when it happens, not 10 years later. Oh, and by the way, during 2006 and 2013, Russell Brand was a, a darling of the left. Uh, he, he was as left as left comes. So he, he was one of the protected status. He was one of the uh, the beautiful people. But now he's um, sounding more conservative. He's actually, there's, I've seen clips of him on the Alex Jones show. <laughs> with Jones being in an agreement with what, what uh, Russell Brand was saying. Not that, uh, not that Russell Brand has turned right. He's just in agreement with things like... Um, uh, the COVID vaccine being a poison, uh, or, uh, that the the Ukraine war is a debacle, that the the West started via NATO and the CIA in two four two thousand and fourteen. Um, you know, I agree with that, and Alex Jones agrees with that. You know, it's just he is speaking things. That are similar to the people on the right. And because of that, now these accusations come out. Now these attacks are laid against them. Hmm, very interesting, isn't it? Anyhow, these are the uh, accusations against him. Uh, <clears throat> one woman alleges that Brand raped her without a condom against the wall in his Los Angeles home. Uh, she says Brand tried to uh, stop her from leaving until she told him she was going to the bathroom. Uh, she was treated at a rape crisis center on the same day, which the Times says has confirmed via medical records. And if these record, re- medical records do prove out, uh, Brand could be in trouble on that case. But the uh, second woman in the UK alleges that Brand assaulted her when she was uh, when he was in his early 30s, and she was still 16 and still in school. She alleges he referred to her as the child 
during an emotionally abusive and controlling relationship. Looking back, she says he engaged in the behaviors of a groomer. Okay, so you have an accusation there. No proof in there of the allegations, though. So a third woman claims that Brand sexually assaulted her while she worked with him in Los Angeles. Uh, she, she alleges that she repeatedly told Brand to back off. And when he eventually did, he got mad and angry with her. She, uh, she says he threatened to take legal action if she told anyone else about her allegation. What legal action could Brand take against her? I mean, if it's a relationship that never formed, <laughs> nothing ever happened. I mean, what, is, what does she have to complain about and what would he have to complain about? There's a fourth woman that uh, alleged that she was uh, sexually assaulted in the UK um, and physically, and uh, it, it was physically and emotionally abusive towards her. So, the first accusation there where the woman went to the rape crisis center, okay, that could get Brand in trouble. These other ones seem pretty. He said, she said. Uh, let's see, the Sunday Times said the sources had told the newspaper that a complaint was made to the BBC management about an alarming display of aggression and disrespect from Brand. Uh, this is said to have included Brand throwing objects across a Radio 2 studio and urinating in a bottle in front of staff and guests, including a minor. Okay, so Russell Brand had no class when he was uh, younger and working over at the BBC. Excuse me while I take a little coffee. And like I said, my neck is bothering me. So if I groan a little bit, it's because of the neck. Anyhow, let's go on. As part of a phone conversation broadcast on his radio program, Brand offered to bring some, uh, bring a female employee with him to meet Jimmy Seville and agreed at Seville's request that she be naked. Hmm. Uh, now that's, that's troubling because Jimmy Seville, he died not even 10 years ago, less than 10 years ago, I think. But he was a friend of Prince Charles, and um, turns out that Jimmy Seville was quite the um, uh, child molester. And supposedly he even had a place in his cellar to keep kids, and he would molest them there. Um, so if you're friends with Jimmy Seville, yeah. I'm kind of losing respect for Russell Brand right around this this point. But the whole point that I'm, I'm trying to make here, okay, there's another story. Separately, since the story broke, a woman has come forward alleging Brand exposed himself to her, then laughed about it minutes later on his BBC radio show in 2008. That incident, which allegedly happened at the BBC's Los Angeles office building, was the first sign that Brand had been accused of sexual misconduct and then was heard discussing it. That's another thing that could get him in trouble, is if 
there is a recording of him bragging on the air about uh, being sexually aggressive or abusive to a woman and then seeing it on air. But with all that said, nothing has been proven in a court of law yet. And you are supposed to be innocent until proven guilty. So there is no reason for YouTube to have dropped them. And there's no reason why Rumble should be forced to drop them from their services. Because it hasn't been proven that he's done anything. Anybody can make any accusation against anyone. And <laughs> that'll factor in the next story that I'm going to get to again about the First Amendment. And we're talking First Amendment here. We're not talking Russell Brand's behavior necessarily. What I'm saying is that until he's proven in a court of law that he has broken laws, there is no reason for him to be pulled off the air. There's no reason for a government to be going after him. Again, the U.K. is different than the United States because in the United States, all except for national public radio, uh, all the radio and television programs are privately owned. Now, a lot of these stations will have uh, code of conduct rules that he might be in violation of. But Rumble doesn't have a code of conduct rule about what you do, what you did 10 years ago in a foreign country or what you did, you know, five years ago in L.A. I doubt if Rumble's got that. That's not in their contract. Now, if he's convicted in court, I'm sure there's some clause in the contract that says um, that 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 would violate some form of code of conduct. But um, there is no reason any United States-based company should pull any services from Russell Brand because he's been accused, not proven, accused of things. And uh, uh, Burger King, because uh, Rumble wouldn't pull their... um, their services towards them. Uh, this this company called TMV. Where is that? It's early on, I believe. Anyhow, there's this one company that uh, has pull with the advertisers, and they got Burger King and uh, Almost Burger or something, some other places to pull their. Um, advertising uh, from him, which, again, is wrong, is cowardly, shouldn't be done by the advertisers, but advertisers are not the bravest people around. So, But Rumble is sticking by its guns. They are saying that they are built for the pressure. Rumble still won't cave to the woke censorship mob. Rumble continues to defy government officials, media outlets, and companies fiercely pressuring the pro-free speech video platform to censor Rumble brand. Rumble has refused to demonetize Rumble, Rumble, Russell brand over what uh, have been, as of yet, unproven allegations of sexual misconduct. 
Rumble doubled down in its response to the speculation that the platform could be banned under the UK's new anti-free speech online safety laws. Our staff has never been more prepared and ready for what is coming at us. So, good for Rumble. I hope they uh, stick to their guns and keep them on until it's settled in a court of law. That. And then there's another story here, which has a very odd uh, headline on it. It says, thousand signs, thousand, let me start again. Thousands signed Christian petition condemning pastor's election threat. Um, it's a weird headline, especially compared to what I read about Russell Brand. Where is that? Um, okay. Russell Brand allegations. What is the star accused of? Now, that's a headline. In this thousand signed Christian petition condemning pastor's election threat. Very boring. I almost didn't read it because it, it says nothing. It should read, Huckabee attacked by fellow Christians in petition. That is my headline. That is uh, journalism 101 for you people out there. That is headline reading. <laughs> you know, get who, what, where, when, why, and how in there, if you can. Or at least in the front in the first sentence. This is a story about Mike Huckabee, who is a player. He, <laughs> he's got a brand to, <laughs> uh, you know, to, uh, to say. I, I, I read it anyhow. It says, <clears throat> Christian organization has lost, lost, has lost their way. A Christian organization has launched a petition criticizing comments by former Arkansas Governor Mike Huckabee and calling on a religious broadcasting network to take action against his remarks. The petition, which was created by Faithful American Christian Organization, says that Huckabee made, recently made comments about former President Donald Trump and the charges he is facing in Georgia. After Trump was indicted on criminal charges by a Georgia grand jury, Huckabee, a Southern Baptist pastor and former Arkansas governor, claimed on his talk show that the legal proceedings were an attempt to destroy Trump in the courthouse rather than at the ballot box, faithful, America said. <laughs> That's true. Anyhow, let me go on. During a show on Trinity Broadcasting Network, Huckabee criticized President Joe Biden, saying that the indictments against Trump were a planned attack, and if these tactics end up working to keep Trump from winning or even running in 2024, it is going to be the last American election that will be decided by ballots rather than by bullets. The petition created by Faithful America calls on Trinity Broadcasting Network to take action to prevent the airing of conspiracy theories and threats in Jesus' name. The petition also notes that Trinity Broadcasting was also called America's Most Watched Faith Network by Nielsen. So this Christian group doesn't like the fact that um, that Huckabee is saying that there could be a civil war if we don't have a fair election this time around. And he is absolutely right. We are on the verge of civil war. Have you noticed what's going on down in Philadelphia? 
out in L.A., <laughs> out in Portland, Oregon, in New York. We've got riots. We've got uh, we've got mass lootings going on in stores. Hundreds of kids going in and stealing stuff. The cops can't do anything. And if they do try, then it inflames the situation. Um, and if an employee tries to stop somebody from shoplifting, they get fired. Um, Mike Huckabee was exactly right. We are heading for a uh, civil war. We have George Soros-funded DAs that are letting um, uh, career criminals out, letting murderers out. I've got a story here. I don't have time to read the whole thing. It's about this guy that was let out of jail. Uh, he had been in jail for uh, aggravated uh, rape. But because he was, he 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 did, he, he was good in jail, when he had big tough guys around him with clubs and others with guns, watching over him twenty four seven. He was a good boy. While he was in prison, he didn't do anything wrong, so he got out early on good time, and then he uh, he raped and he killed a woman. And this woman was actually a white woman. Uh, he's a black guy. And she was a big, here we go, nope. Um, she was a big uh, defender of Black Lives Matter. Here we go. Anti-racist tech CEO beaten to death by black male career criminal who was released early from prison by Soros-funded DA on good time credits. So... You can kiss up all you want to uh, Black Lives Matter, to the criminal element. And no, I'm not saying all people of, of, uh, who are Africans, Americans are, are uh, criminals. <laughs> some are. Some white people are criminals. Some Asian people are criminals. Everyone has criminals in every race group. So what you do with criminals is you throw them in jail and you keep them there long enough so that they don't come out and commit the crime again. But because it looked like he was a good boy while he was in, and he only served about half his, his term, and then he got out and he killed, he raped and killed again. Now, it's karma that he, he got this woman that, uh, that was a supposed anti-racist BLM supporter. But that's not always the case. Some innocent people also get attacked. But I'm back to the First Amendment. First Amendment allows me to say this. Uh, First Amendment allowed uh, Mike Huckabee to say that the election was stolen. It was stolen away from Donald Trump. You know, this... This group, this Christian group, was talking about uh, the people down in Georgia, how they had, um, you know, found him. Uh, the grand jury had had indicted him on facts and rules. Well, no, not really. Not not if you look at the video. You look at the video video of the uh, ballots being taken out from underneath the table after all the ballot watchers the had been shoot out of the room 
All the Republicans are shooed out of the room. All the reporters are shooed out of the room. There's a couple Democrats stick around, and then they, they continue counting with no one watching them. And it's caught on video. Oh, and by the way, this is a Christian group uh, claiming that uh, that regular Americans fulfilled the civic duty with integrity, bravery, and wisdom. Does that include Emily Kors, the uh, possible witch? Is she a regular American? Is she a good upstanding uh, person to be able to uh, sit on that grand jury? And she was the forewoman. There's a lot of reasons to doubt the last presidential election and <laughs> the last um, by-election as well. But it's 6.36 already. I'm trying to keep these things short. So the First Amendment still needs to rule whether or not people like what's being said. So with that, let's find something good here and we'll be back for more. The United States of Empire by James Dunn shows how the U.S. became a worldwide empire. It looks at the entry of the U.S. into both world wars. George Washington had warned us about entangling ourselves in European wars. Before World War I, the United States was not concerned with foreign conflicts. In World War I, we changed the balance of power in Europe. We went in to save the world for democracy. We expelled the German Kaiser and imposed our own idea of what Germany should look like. Propaganda painted the Kaiser as the evil Hun that was destroying civilization. So when the true barbarian rose to power, Hitler, how could we avoid being drawn in again? We saved Great Britain. Britain needed us again in World War II to save their bacon. We bought the hog. Now we are the empire. The book, The United States of Empire, in paperback, is available at Amazon.com. Here's author James Dunn to talk about his soon-to-be-printed next book. The King Philip's War in New England in 1675 defined the relations, for good or bad, between English settlers and Native Americans for centuries to come. Many of the battles are local to the Blackstone Providence area with long-forgotten memorials and grave sites. Smithfield was the Battle of Nipsichuk. The Battle of Sudbury in Sudbury, Mass. was a turning point. Mount Hope in Bristol, Rhode Island was the home of King Philip and the Wampanoag tribe. The Connecticut River Valley was a scene of many bloody encounters between the English and the Nipmuc tribe. South Kingston, Rhode Island, saw the Great Swamp Battle slash massacre. One Englishman stands out in this brutal conflict. He dared to learn to fight like the Indians did and won the war for the English. He was Captain Benjamin Church in the book, Captain Benjamin Church and the King Philip's War.
bumper music there goes out to Owen Schroyer. So if his appeal fails, we'll spend 60 days in the hole for speaking. Okay, so it would be difficult to oversee. Oh, this is the next story that I want to get into. And it's got to do with the, the military industrial complex. And just how deep we are into the um, uh, business of war that this country is into making war. The military industrial complex is making hundreds of billions of dollars and they need a military draft in the U.S. to take things to the next level. Imagine that. We're going to have a draft. And a lot of those draftees will be the illegal uh, migrants that we have in this country. And after they get done doing their tour of duty, uh, they'll be made cops in this country. And they won't give a darn about uh, arresting American citizens. They won't give a darn about your, your constitutional rights, about the Bill of Rights, about your right to be able to speak, about your right to be able to keep and bear arms about your Fourth Amendment rights, 13 Amendment rights, nothing. But that's not what this story is about. It's about the military-industrial complex. Let's see, it goes on. It would be difficult to overstate the importance of the military-industrial complex to our society. It employs millions of people and brings in hundreds of billions of dollars each year. The military-industrial complex has always been one of the central pillars of our economy. And these days, business is booming thanks to the war in Ukraine and the possibility of war with China. Needless to say that those that run the military-industrial complex want the gravy train to continue. And so politicians that are pro-war are showered with campaign contributions. In both major parties, politicians that are pro-war greatly outnumber those that are anti-war, and that is not likely to change anytime soon. Smedley D. Butler fought in four major conflicts. In 1935, he astutely observed that war is a racket. Butler says, war is a racket and it always has been. It is possibly the oldest, easily the most profitable, and surely the most vicious. It is the only one international in scope. It is the only one in which profits are reckoned in dollars and the losses in lives. If the military-industrial complex suddenly disappeared, it would leave a giant gaping hole in our economy that would be extremely difficult to fill. Um, Yeah, imagine that. Imagine if we no longer had electric boat down in Quonset Point or uh, down in Groton. If the Navy base was no longer in, uh, in Newport, there'd be a lot of open land, that's for sure. And what would replace it? Farms? Well, that's what used to be there a hundred years ago. Before the United States became an empire, <laughs> read my book, United States of Empire, passing the mantle from the kingdom to, to the United, from the United Kingdom to the United States. Um, let's see, there's about two million people that are employed by the defense industry, 
annual salary is about $106,000. Military industrial complex also includes active duty uniform personnel of about 1.37 million. Reserves almost another million. And then civilian employees are numbered at almost another million. So that's about 4 million people that are involved directly or indirectly in the military and are drawing paychecks from the military. Some very good paychecks. Uh, it's, it's huge. <laughs> and the military industrial complex absolutely loves Joe Biden because he has promised to keep the war in Ukraine going for as long as it takes. It is likely that billions of people around the world view the conflict in Ukraine as a proxy war being waged by the U.S. against Russia. U.S. President Joe Biden has pledged to aid Ukraine's pursuit of victory for as long as it takes without defining what the end uh, might be. Russian Vladimir Putin has interpreted U.S. intentions to mean fight to the last Ukrainian. There's been hundreds of thousands of Ukrainians that have died. Some say as high as uh, died or been wounded in action. Some say it's as high as 500,000. Listening to uh, one guy today that's saying that that whole brigades are surrendering. (laughs) That the Russians write, um, you know, or paint on walls. A, a number for the Ukrainians to call if they want to turn their whole brigade in. And they'll be treated better to uh, turn in as a brigade than, you know, to, <laughs> than to surrender on the field alone. Definitely much better than if you're, if you're a mercenary. If the Russians think that you're a mercenary from Germany, Britain, or the United States, uh, you're in deep doo-doo. Because the Geneva Conventions don't cover mercenaries. They cover uniformed um, personnel of, of the legitimate uh, fighters. Those who have declared war. But, um, but not mercenaries. Senior U.S. official. Let me read that again. A senior U.S. intel official recently admitted to journalist Seymour Hirsch that Ukraine has suffered approximately 75,000 casualties during this counteroffensive. In other words, this summer. There is no discussion in his headquarters or in the Biden White House of a ceasefire and no interest in talks that could lead to the end of the slaughter, Hirsch said. Speaking of the Ukrainian claims of slow progress in an offensive that has lost an estimated 75,000 casualties, the official told Hirsch, it's all lies. On many battlefields in Ukraine, there are unburied dead bodies just laying all over the place. The Russians have been mowing down wave after wave of Ukrainian men, and Hirsch was told that there is no Ukrainian offensive anymore. So, the Ukrainians have run out of gas. And military theoreticians will state that when you you can't win on the battlefield, it's time to win at the negotiating table. Uh, Klaus, uh, what's his name? 
Oh, I've got the book at home. Anyhow, there was a, uh, a German guy that had um, that had stated that Sun Tzu in the Art of War states that when you come to an impasse, you negotiate and you try to gain at the negotiating table what you can't get on the battlefield. Well, <laughs> there's no negotiating going on here. I don't even think there's talks about having talks. This is really incredible. And this this all feeds the, the military-industrial complex. We are leading another country to slaughter. Uh, Vladimir Zelensky is leading his countrymen to slaughter. The war is over. Russia has won. There is no Ukrainian offensive left anymore, but the White House and American media have to keep the lie going, a senior official uh, intel officer told her. The truth is, if the Ukrainian army is ordered to continue the offensive, the army would mutiny. The soldiers aren't willing to die anymore, but this doesn't fit the BS that is being authored by the Biden White House. Where do we go from here? The military-industrial complex certainly does not want this conflict to end. And Joe Biden has no intention of backing down. So more warm bodies will be needed. Will they come from Poland? No, Poland recently has decided not to arm Ukraine anymore. Will it come from Romania? Who knows? Ah. This is one of the reasons why there has been so much chatter about bringing the draft back here in the United States. <laughs> They're going to try to find a way to get the United States involved directly. Not indirectly, not with mercenaries, not with guys putting on the Ukrainian uniform and claiming that, that they're Ukrainian citizens. Joe Biden's going to find a way to get us in the Ukrainian war and a d- war directly with Russia. And that's sick, people. Is is Ukraine really that important to the United States that we have to send our people there to die? But Joe Biden is, is fine in doing that because that's one thing that could keep him in power. If Joe Biden becomes a war president, then you can't change, <laughs> you can't change horses in midstream. You know, you've got to go home with the girl you brought to the dance. All that sort of stuff. All that rot. Hmm. Okay, the most recent edition of the U.S. Army War College's academic journal includes a highly disturbing essay on what lessons the U.S. military should take away from the continuing war in Ukraine. Let's see. By far the most concerning and most relevant section for the average American is a subsection entitled Casualties, Replacements, and Reconstitutions. Let's see. The context with the supposed need to reinstate conscription is the estimate that uh, there were the U.S. that were the U.S. to enter into a large-scale conflict every day, it would likely suffer 3,600, 3,600 casualties, and require 800 replacements again per day. The report notes that over the course of 20 years. In Iraq and Afghanistan, the U.S. suffered 50,000 casualties, about 4,000 dead, and a number which would likely 
be reached in merely two weeks of large-scale intensive combat. Two weeks. 50,000 people would be dead in two weeks. We would have higher casualty tolls than what we had in World War II. And that will keep Joe Biden in power, keep him as the president. Is that what we really want in order to keep uh, the economy floating, (laughs) in order to keep uh, electric boat going (laughs) in uh, Quonset Point and in Groton? In order to keep Lockheed Martin going, in order to keep uh, Boeing going, I don't know. Let's see, down to six minutes. So, Chicago, Denver, invading illegals declare sanctuary cities they plan to inhabit. Yeah, replacement migration. And they, (laughs) the illegals are going to become cops in Illinois and in New Mexico and in California. Because Black Lives Matter drove cops out of the precincts. And because we defunded the cops. Yeah, we've got real safe cities now, huh? Squad member uh, Representative Presley, Ayanna Presley, no doubt about it, our border is secure. Oh, yeah, right you are. Oh. Here we go. He's got another Kremlin, I mean, Ukraine piece. Kremlin reacts to U.S. M1 Abrams tanks entering Ukraine. They're scared. This is, this is going to change the, the perspective of the war, they say. No. <laughs> they just say they too will burn. Like the leopard tanks from, uh, <laughs> from Germany and the Challenger tanks from Great Britain. Mass looting spreads, spreads to Democrat-run city. Another poorly written uh, headline. Philadelphia overrun by mass looting is, is how the headline should read. Oh, here, here we go. We've got a light story here. This is a light one. Colin Kaepernick makes major move for New York Jets. Let's see, we've got four more minutes to go. Actually, three and a half. New York Jets have struggled without a franchise quarterback since Aaron Rodgers went down in week one. Starter Zach Wilson has looked like one of the worst starters in the NFL, and the Jets made headlines earlier this week when they signed quarterback Trevor Simon, Simeon to compete with Wilson. Trevor who? Free agent quarterback Colin Kaepernick remains ready to play, according to him, according to Kaepernick. He sent a long message to the New York Jets, released to the public through rapper Jay Cole, that revealed Kaepernick is more than willing to lead the Jets practice squad to prove he is worth it to the franchise. As much as I would love the opportunity to fill a spot, I'm writing you in hopes that you can imagine a much different approach involving me. I would be honored and extremely grateful for the opportunity to come in and lead the practice squad, wrote Kaepernick in an extensive letter to Joe Douglas. Charlemagne, and he calls himself a, uh, a G-O-D, a small G-O-D. Um, you know, said that that was an embarrassing, humiliating letter that he wrote. He's begging to get back into the NFL after he helped to um, 
to cause strife and division in the NFL and in the United States along racial division lines. He helped divide this country. He helped divide the NFL. Fans that were Jets fans or they were Packers fans or, or they were Steelers fans, after Colin Kaepernick, they became black Jet fans or white Jet fans, you know, black Steeler fans, white Steeler fans. They were divided. He's a very divisive person. And in my day job, I was talking to a guy that uh, played with the Miami Dolphins. And uh, he told me about how much of a team effort football is. And that Colin Kaepernick was bad for for football because he was no longer a team player. But anyhow, I guess I'm done here. Been done all my life, and I'm done with this show. Hope you enjoyed it. I did. Listening to Dunn's Deal with author James Dunn. Join James every Friday at 6.05 for a unique perspective on today's issues. But for now, this is a Dunn Deal. Only on your voice in the Blackstone Valley. WNRI, Woonsocket.